With Long Island local news on Wednesday, September 20th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. Three Long Island schools were named National Blue Ribbon winners for their academic excellence by the U.S. Department of Education yesterday. The only one in Suffolk is right here on the East End, Emagansett School in the Emagansett District. Joy Tyrell reporting on Newsday.com that the schools were among 22 named statewide and 353 across the country, honored as an exemplary high-performing school. The Emagansett School is a one-building district that enrolls about 125 students in grades pre-K through 6th. Representatives from each Blue Ribbon school will travel to Washington, D.C. in November to be honored. Quote, the National Blue Ribbon School recognition is significant in that it not only recognizes schools for their efforts to foster premier learning environments, but also demonstrates that increasing access to high-quality opportunities paves the way for improved learning, announced New York State Education Commissioner Betty Rosa on Tuesday afternoon. Applications for Blue Ribbon typically requires months of prep by school employees and supporters. Now in its 40th year, the National Blue Ribbon Schools program has bestowed approximately 10,000 awards to more than 9,700 schools, both public and private. In other news, the trial of Montauk fisherman Christopher Winkler began last week with a portrayal of the storied fishing community as a land of haves and have-nots, where members of the Gosman family exert control over vast fishing interests, and Winkler was motivated by greed. Testimony in the trial at federal court in Islip has opened a window into the movements of fish from Montauk to the Bronx and sometimes illegally to other states to avoid New York's comparatively low quota for fluke and other species. Testimony has also opened a window on the large amount of netted fish that must be returned to the sea dead to stay within strict state limits that shift throughout the year. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that Winkler, charged with mail and wired fraud and conspiracy counts, faces 20 years in prison if convicted of illegally overharvesting fluke and black sea bass on about 220 fishing trips between 2014 and 2016. He has pleaded not guilty. Newsday first reported on the case against Winkler and the Gosmans in 2021. His former co-defendants, Asha and Brian Gosman of Montauk, reached plea agreements in 2022 and were portrayed in an opening statement by a defense attorney as cooperating witnesses in the government's case against Winkler, the lone Montauk fisherman to face trial. The Gosmans are expected to testify in the trial in coming days. The government alleges Winkler caught more than $850,000 worth of fluke and sea bass during the three years covered in the indictment and conspired with local fish dealers, including the Gosmans, to underreport his catch. Mailing and electronically sending false reports, the government alleges, mounts to mail and wire fraud in addition to the conspiracy and other charges against him. Winkler's lawyers at the trial thus far have described their client as a person at the bottom of the Montauk food chain, while others, including the Gosmans, who they say played a larger role, pleaded guilty to lesser crimes. And finally, Riverhead paid an outside law firm nearly $60,000 in its fight to ban migrants. New York City wanted to relocate in Riverhead and other places statewide, according to documents disclosed yesterday. Matthew Chase and Tara Smith reporting on Newsday.com that Riverhead Town Supervisor Yvette Aguiar said the case required a lot of research and that the town didn't want to tie up its in-house lawyers. More litigation is on the way, focused on the migrant crisis, after dozens of lawmakers, local leaders, and residents sued to block the city's use of Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn to house migrants. Referring to the migrant influx into the city, for which Mayor Eric Adams admitted he's struggling to find space, Supervisor Aguiar said it's a federal crisis and it has to be handled on a federal level. The firm Lynn Gartner, Dune, and Frigenti billed the town of Riverhead $59,518 for about 385 hours of work. Riverhead and about other uh, 30 municipalities enacted orders banning the relocation of migrants to their areas. In Suffolk, the county attorney's office handled its migrant litigation against New York City, according to spokesperson Mary Kate Gilfoyle. She didn't know whether the hours worked were tracked. Both cases were dropped over the last several weeks 
At the city's request, as were most of the th- uh, 31, after a Manhattan judge ruled the city would need to fight each municipality in its county rather than all in Manhattan. Some were dismissed. It's not just the migrant crisis that generated work for Lynn Gartner, Dune, and Virgenti. They have res, uh, represented Riverhead and other municipalities on Long Island in other litigation. Aguiar said the firm represented the town close to a dozen times within the past few years. All right, so we did, we've done, we've, we're kind of on an adventure on the heart this morning. We went up island to visit with Sally Shore. Now we're going to go off island a little bit. Reading the weather in Cornwall on Hudson as we prepare to talk to Elizabeth Grease from the Rural and Migrant Ministry, which has their farm workers celebration lunch and walk this Sunday afternoon. I'm honored to be emceeing the event for them that afternoon. If you'd like more information, you can certainly go to ruralmigrantministry.org to find out more. Looking like a sunny Wednesday in Cornwall on Hudson with a high near 73 degrees northwest wind Three to seven miles per hour clear tonight with a low around 46 degrees north. West wind is light right now. It's uh, or will be light tonight <laughs> right now. It's 59 degrees. Continuing on with our garden edition. I promised a current cover of Down in the Willow Garden by Rufus Wainwright and Brandy Carlisle from his Folkocracy record. We've got Matt Monroe. I am going to bunny hop past Weezer. And play Myra's I Am the Garden, though you can find that secret track on the playlist when it's posted online at WLIW.org slash radio. The Crane Wives, Ruth Moody, and the Happy Fifths. After that, before Bobby McFerrin, Nako and Medicine for the People, and Good Morning, Dinosaur Jr. and Pearl Jam. After that, let's see what we have time for this morning. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Rufus Wainwright and Brandy Carlisle, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. You're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, the morning and midnight show for the people right here on WLIWFM. It's the heart of the East End.
When you walk in the garden, in the garden of Eden, with a beautiful woman, and you know how you care, and a voice in the garden, in the garden of Eden, tells you she is forbidden, can you leave her there? When you yearning for loving, and she touches your hand, and your heart starts pounding, and you're feeling so grand, can you leave her to heaven, and obey the command? Can you walk from the garden, does your heart understand? When you walk in the garden, in the garden of Eden, with a beautiful woman And you know how you care And a voice in the garden In the garden of Eden Tells you she is forbidden Can you leave her there? Just dancing, oh. 
Myra, and shoot, I all well, I now love me some Crane Wives after hearing this track, The Garden from the Fox Lore record of 2016, and Ruth Moody, the title track from her 2010 record, The Garden. Happy Fits on deck, Elizabeth Green, joining us from the Rural and Migrant Ministry for the Wednesday Wisdom segment, underwritten by LTV Studios.
That is Ruth Moody's uh, title track of her 2010 record, The Garden, here on the Garden edition of the Heart Morning and Midnight Show. Fitting both our guests, really, uh, we had Sally Shore join us from Up Island. 
uh, in the first segment, and we're actually going to do a little adventuring off-island with um, Rural and Migrant Ministries Special Events Coordinator Elizabeth Grease, talking about a farm worker celebration lunch and uh, walk in Cornwall on Hudson. Am I correct there, Liz? Yes, yes, definitely. We have our event in Cornwall this Sunday. Um, so we have a weekend full of unity. So we are a New York statewide nonprofit. So we're having three different events this weekend throughout the state um, celebrating farm workers. And so on Saturday, we have our Hudson River event and we have our Western New York event. And then on Sunday, we have our Long Island event. Okay. Okay, fantastic. So I'm going to be joining you guys for which one? The one in, in uh, Cornwall on Hudson? Yeah, the one on Long Island. So oh. it's going to be really awesome. We're so glad to have you. Um, and it's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, we are going to be having the event at the Sisters of St. Joseph in Brentwood. Um, and we are just so happy to be there again with the sisters. And, and it really is a unity event that's celebrated um, with our farm workers. So we're so excited. Well, I'm really glad that I asked you on this morning because I thought that I was going to be, I like plans to to be going to Cornwall on Hudson <laughs> this weekend. All right, so that's that's cool. I'm I'm really excited, especially to be uh, with the sisters. We have to talk about uh, the passing of Sister Margaret Smith and how she is going to be honored at the Sunday yeah. event uh, in Brentwood. Yes. So Sister Margaret is one of our uh, honorees that we're having this year on Long Island. And we are so blessed to have had her a part of the RMM community and the Long Island community that helps farm workers and rural workers. And we are just so excited to invite um, her sisters of Amityville with us to be with us in honoring her spirit and her memory and um, all the amazing things she did in rural Long Island. Yeah, it's it's really a tough time to be without her uh, when uh, arguably it's never been more important to have uh, strong advocates for folks who are coming here, maybe seeking asylum uh, from their country uh, or, or coming here to give their families a better life uh, and are really important people. I think back mm-hmm. to uh, working a harvest with some of the uh, – migrant people that were were picking grapes uh, some of the best memories that i have uh beautiful beautiful uh people and um really just such a, a, a and not easy not easy at mm. all uh this work but you know without these people we wouldn't have some of the things that uh we really not only love but need including Fresh, yes. fresh produce, um, fresh food. Yes. Yes, exactly. And in, in that, we're honoring her legacy. Um, and we also have another um, array of honorees that we're also honoring that have been really important um, in youth and farm workers of rural New York, especially on Long Island. So we're so excited to gather everybody together on Sunday and really just uphold our people and the work that they do. Um, and so we're really excited just to celebrate with everybody and and just come together. Can't wait. Grateful uh, to have been invited uh, to MC the event. Excited to yep. see uh, Sochipile, the, the dance group, uh, doing a traditional Mexican dance. Can you talk about yes. uh, getting them uh, to come and perform t- at this event? Yes. So we absolutely, every single year, um, love to have our entertainment be uh, rooted in what our men believes in and the culture of our people. And so this year, um, Noemi Sanchez, who is our Long Island uh, coordinator down down uh, down there on Long Island, she has um, graciously uh, invited this group to us, and they're going to be performing their traditional Mexican dance and celebrating the history of Mexican dance. So we're really excited. We had them last year at our, at our event, and it was just incredible. Everyone loved it and really got a sense um, of the beauty of the dance. So it's so exciting, and we cannot wait for ha- to have that performance. So tell me a little bit more about the group at large, because I foolishly thought and ignorantly thought uh, that this was 
sort of a, a grassroots thing that was born locally, uh, just knowing yes. the RMM and the cooperatives, uh, flour and other sales uh, that had been and going on the last few years in Riverhead, but that's not the case. Yes. So this group um, is a group that Noemi Sanchez uh, has a really close relationship with, and I, uh, she actually asked, has danced with the group um, for other events in the past. And yes, so we also have the Long Island Flower Cooperative, which is one of um, the cooperative groups that came out of rural and migrant ministry oh, on Long okay. Island. Got so. It, got it. So yeah. that, that, that organization was born from rural and migrant ministries. But it, can you tell me a little bit more about the history of the organization overall? Yes, absolutely. So we are a 40-plus-year-old organization. We just had our anniversary two years ago. Um, and we started really small, just focusing on rural workers. And, and as the years went on and on and the importance of rural workers and knowing the rights and getting rights for workers kept going on. Um, we grew and grew and grew into this big New York statewide. So we were really small, located in the Hudson Valley, um, and we grew so big, we added Western New York and Long Island back in 2019-ish uh, era. Um, so we're just continuing to grow um, and in inviting the rural workers of New York and the rural work youth of New York um, in to see what they're interested in learning about and what they're interested in doing in leadership ways. And so basically, we have a bunch of different programs. Some are, some are youth programs, some are the Rural Academy of the People programs. And basically, we just, we just provide the space for rural farm workers and rural youth to come and participate in programming that they believe is essential in their community. So ruralmigrantministry.org for more information yes. about all of the events this weekend. Uh, honored uh, and excited to join everyone at Sisters of St. Joseph in Brentwood on Sunday afternoon uh, and enjoy a beautiful lunch and meet all of the honorees. Before I let you go, Liz, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure that we touch on? I think we hit it all. We're excited to uh, see our honorees, hear a little bit about them. We're excited to hear about our youth program, the Voices of Long Island Youth. And we're so excited to tour the Long Island Flower Cooperative Greenhouse. So it's going to be a super filled, packed day. So thank you so much. We can't wait. Happy to help in any way I can. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Liz Grease. These are the happy fits. And you, whoever you are out there, you're listening to the Garden Edition of the Heart Morning and Midnight Show on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. That was the Wednesday Wisdom segment underwritten by LTV Studios. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Trees. Oh, my.
Bobby McFerrin, The Garden from the Medicine Music Record of 1990. Speaking of medicine, we've got Nako and Medicine for the People with Garden from the Take Your Power Back record of 2020. Good morning, Dinosaur Jr. as well on deck. Then we're going to take a stag's leap across the playlist and lead you into the NPR news break with the scary jokes and Louis Zhang. Community Gardens, that single from 2018. Find all the secret tracks on the playlist at wliw.org slash radio. This episode should go up around noon. Hello. 
Morning. This is Dinosaur Jr. and you're listening to WLI WFM. Sometimes we sway, couldn't have it any other way. Now it happened, nobody's happy with it, everybody's living through it, must admit I get into it.
Something's 